Every time a big feast day comes around in the church, whether it's a holy day of obligation or just a regular feast day, a lot of the times we have different options of what we can choose for the readings. It might be on a three-year cycle. It kind of goes through all these different readings. That's not the case with, with All Saints Day. Every time you come to Mass to fulfill your obligation as a Catholic here on All Saints Day, November 1st, you're always going to hear the first 12 verses from the fifth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel when Jesus is beginning the Sermon on the Mount. And that's very wise on the church's part. It's much to the frustration a lot of times of the priests and the deacons who have to come up with a new homily each and every year for this reading. But it's very beautiful that we get this reading in this context of this celebration for many, many reasons. Number one, we're given this opportunity to hear Jesus call out people from the crowd, call out people in our own congregation, and say, blessed are you when this happens because this is your reward. It's beautiful that we come on the Feast of All Saints Day because, yes, we celebrate all of the saints that we know, many of whom their relics are here in the sanctuary for veneration. But there are so many countless others that we don't even know about. Maybe our own loved ones and friends. We hope that they're in heaven for sure. But what about all the people we don't know are canonized, we don't know are in heaven, and we don't know who are actually interceding for us? We celebrate them. This is their feast day as well. But on a different level, the Lord reminds us through this feast day that sanctity and sainthood is for each and every one of us. And there's something very particular that we hear in the readings. When Jesus says, all these different things are what I'm going to promise you, which are good things, such as the kingdom of heaven. You'll be comforted. You'll inherit the land. You'll be satisfied, shown mercy. You'll see God. You'll be called the children of God. The kingdom of heaven will belong to you. These are good things. The Lord promises these good things because our hearts really desire all these good things. But unfortunately, there might be a little bit of a struggle in receiving those gifts. Look at who he calls out first. Blessed are who? The poor in spirit. Those who mourn. Those who are meek. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness but may not have it just yet. Blessed are they, he says. Blessed are you if you find yourself fitting into this category. Because it really speaks to our own human experience, our own broken humanity, our sins, other people's sins. We are imperfect people living in an imperfect world, and I don't think any of us would have to think too hard to find something that we experience day after day that's imperfect. Those of you who mourn, those of you who are meek and humble, those of you who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness or just for a little bit of a break from the monotony, blessed are you, the Lord says, because what you've done when you recognize that you fit into those categories, if you will, is that you know the human experience and you're willing to call it out and name what it is. There's nothing wrong with saying, I am mourning right now. I am in grief. There's nothing wrong with saying, this part of my life is really terrible. This is really difficult. This thing at my job, this thing in my family, this thing in class, my studies, this is such a challenge and I have no control over it. The Lord says, blessed are you. Why? Because there's, there's relief. There's a solution. There's an end to the suffering. I wish I could say it's going to be right now. Boom. But he says all these good things that your heart desires and all these other things that you're experiencing is a hindrance to that. There is hope on the other side. Acknowledge the brokenness. Acknowledge the pain. Call it out. Let yourself feel it. 
But then let yourself also be moved into this deeper relationship with the Lord when he says the next group of people, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the clean of heart, blessed are the peacemakers. These are the people when they focus, when they recognize that they are mourning and meek and hungering and thirsting for righteousness, when we see our own broken human experience, we can call it out and say, this is the case, this is reality, and then I have one of two options. I can do one of two things. Either I can allow it to draw me out of myself and deeper into the heart of Christ, to be a peacemaker even when it's difficult, to be merciful when the other person who hurt me doesn't deserve mercy, to be these meek and gentle people, to be humble. We can choose to invite the Lord into our suffering so that we can win the victor's crown, or we can choose the other option, which is to run away. And that looks like a whole host of different things. To reject the gift that the Lord is saying, yes, I will respect your free will and I will let you sin, unfortunately. I don't want you to, he says. But I know that it's going to entail suffering in life, but that's not the end of the story. You can either invite me into it so that I can start to heal and put the pieces back together and recreate you and renew you, or you can run away. You can get mad at the Lord, at your pastor, your classmates, your loved ones. You can get mad at yourself. You can get mad and run away. You can believe this lie that you're not worthy of the Lord's love. How dare you think he's still going to love you after all these terrible things you've done? You can choose to reject that gift from the Lord and run away, or you can choose to let it make you a better person, make you a saint, a holier person. Because what happens to those people who are blessed because they see their own brokenness, blessed because they choose to invite the Lord into it, well, at first it's terrifying because he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are those who are insulted, who are persecuted, who are uttered every kind of evil against. Blessed are you when you choose to die to yourself. What Jesus is doing in laying out these beatitudes is laying out the way of sainthood for us. Yes, you're going to mourn and grieve and that's just the human condition because of original sin. You're going to suffer, but let me enter the suffering with you, he says, and in that, you will learn to die to yourself. Because at the end of the day, we're going to die. November is this wonderful time, and it may seem morbid, but it's the truth, where we as Catholics, memento mori, remember our death. We will die one day. Tomorrow, for All Souls Day, when we pray for all those souls who are yet to attain the glory of heaven in purgatory. We pray for their comfort, their relief, that they be brought into the gates of heaven, that they too become the saints that they strove to become. We spend this month to realize that I have the choice as to whether or not I become a saint. I have the choice as to whether or not I become holy. And yes, we face our own sin and its suffering and challenge and death. But at the end of the month comes the Feast of Christ the King, our own patronal feast here, where we are reminded and we celebrate that Jesus is the victor. Jesus is alive. Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only way we're going to get to heaven. Thanks be to God we have this example of all of the saints who have gone before us. The thousands, the countless men and women who have gone for thousands of years before us, each and every one of them except for Mary herself, being broken and imperfect and sinful, messing up all the same things that you and I do day to day. 
they still made it to heaven. If they can do it, so can we. You know, it's easy to read the lives of the saints and say, wow, that's awesome, that ain't me. It seems so unattainable, so impossible, because that's a lifetime of struggle in one little snippet of information. The saints knew what it meant to mourn and to grieve and to need to be comforted and to hunger and thirst for righteousness. They knew what the persecution was like. They knew what it meant to try to be a peacemaker and merciful. They knew what it meant to be blessed even when it hurt. And even when it wasn't nice, the day-to-day-to-day grind, if you will, I guess. In and out of each and every day, fighting the fight, running the race, and then winning. They won the crown of victory. There is a crown for each and every one of us, and we can either choose to acknowledge it and go towards it and strive for it, or we can say, no, thank you, Lord, and he'll respect it. This is a feast day where, yes, we honor all of those saints who have gone before us and now intercede for us in heaven. Thank God for their intercession. But we have a place in that number as well. I was at St. Joseph's Academy right down the road, the all-girls school here in town, for their uh, school mass today. I'm their chaplain. And the recessional song was, When the Saints Go Marching In, which I did not know was going to happen, which was strange. But you're listening to the words and how I hope to be in that number when the saints go marching in. It's not about the New Orleans Saints. It got nothing to do with Drew Brees. But it has everything to do with, I have a place among the saints. And when they enter the gates of heaven, I hope to be one of them. Because the Lord has already gone to prepare a place for me and I can strive for holiness. I can choose to let the Lord enter into my suffering and my brokenness and my humanity and let him conform me to his sacred heart. There is hope. I don't care how terrible and dark your life seems right now. I'm sorry to hear that, but the Lord still sees you and he loves you and he cherishes you and you have a place here in the church because this church is our ship guiding us towards heaven, guiding us to eternity, guiding us to the kingdom where there is a place and a crown waiting for us. The Feast of All Saints is for us as well because it shows that it is very possible Christ allows it to be possible, and he gives us every grace necessary. So fight the fight, run the race, win the victor's crown, as St. Paul says in his readings, in his letters. Don't back down, don't be afraid, and don't give up. Because one day when we are among that number and we go marching into the gates of heaven and receive our crown of victory with Christ the King, we will be able to hear the words of Christ say to us the same thing he said to the people on the Mount of the Beatitudes. You have fought and you have won. You've allowed me to step into your brokenness and into the pain to touch and to heal and to guide and to conform, to convert, to change. You've allowed me to do that. And the suffering is done. The victory is won. You are a saint. And blessed, blessed, are you. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit www.ctklsu.org.